0: Tech Writer Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English, with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 437 for April 5th, 2015. This week, a smaller version of Microsoft's Surface Pro 3 will soon be available, and at a lower price. Adobe continues to release mobile applications that allow designers to stop using scratch pads when they're away from the computer. And most people now agree that data on a computer is more valuable than the computer itself. In short circuits, I have a quick update on Windows 10, which now works on the notebook computer I tried to install it on a couple of weeks ago. And if you want a perpetual license for Lightroom 5 but haven't been able to figure out how to get it, I'll show you the way. In spare parts, only on the website, TrueCrypt, rumored to be insecure, proves to be safe, an executive order from President Obama to fight foreign cyber crooks, Yahoo and Microsoft extend negotiations on their future, and looking at activity by high-tech CEOs in battling a law in Indiana. Microsoft started taking advance orders for the latest version of its Surface computer this week. The Surface 3 Pro is the tablet-like device that has a keyboard, and Microsoft says has enough power to replace some desktop systems. The new device omits the word Pro, and the Surface 3 is similar to the Surface Pro 3, except there's less of it. Microsoft is not saying that the Surface can replace a desktop computer but they claim it can replace a laptop computer. It's also thinner and even lighter than the Surface Pro 3, which was pretty thin and light on its own. And it runs a full standard version of Windows. It also has a smaller price tag. The lowest price model starts at $500. By the time you add enough extras to make the computer truly usable, you will have spent more, of course. A quad-core Intel Atom X7 processor powers the Surface 3, It's designed and configured to provide long battery life. Various storage and memory configurations allow users to customize the Surface 3. Comes with a 10.8-inch ClearType HD multi-touch display, just a 3 to 2 aspect ratio though, no widescreen here. But that's of course in keeping with the Surface Pro. Another model, the Surface 3 4G LTE, will offer mobile connectivity beyond standard Wi-Fi connections when it's released. The Surface 3 and Surface 3 4G LTE can be paired with a keyboard cover and a docking station. Microsoft's vice president in charge of the Surface project, Panos Panay, says that the new model brings what customers love about the Surface Pro 3 to more people because it's more affordable. And yes, when Windows 10 is released... The upgrade will, of course, be free. There's also a no-cost one-year subscription to Microsoft Office 365 Personal, which includes Outlook, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, OneNote, and OneDrive cloud storage. Microsoft started taking advance orders online and in stores on Tuesday in the U.S., and a bunch of countries worldwide, from Australia to Belgium and Canada, Spain, Sweden, and Thailand, the U.K., If you want the whole list, check the TechBiter Worldwide website. You'll find it there. The Wi-Fi version will be available in stores in early May. The 4G LTE version will be available later this year. No explanation what later this year means. Through T-Mobile and Verizon Wireless in the U.S. If you'd like additional information on the Surface, check out the Surface website. There's a link on the TechBiter Worldwide website. Developers at Adobe continue their relentless efforts to push applications that formerly worked only on large desktop computers onto portable devices. At least that's the way I started to write the intro, but that's not entirely accurate. Instead of pushing entire applications onto mobile devices, Adobe's developers are making it possible for people who work with applications such as Illustrator, InDesign, and Photoshop to perform tasks on mobile devices and then have the work reflected on their desktop systems when they return to their offices. Adobe Principal Product Manager Will Isley says that his team's goal is to improve workers' efficiency. Most designers still begin the creative process with a pen and paper, Isley says, and then they have to recreate on a computer what they've prepared by hand. Even when designers use mobile applications, They still usually need to redo everything when they get back to their desks, says Isley, because mobile often doesn't allow the use of brand assets and colors. Adobe Comp CC is the answer. At least it's the answer for people who have iPads. As usual, when Adobe announces new features for users of Apple devices, I try to obtain information about when the features will be available for users of Android devices. Heisley says that Adobe is working on it, but there's no estimated time for release yet. And although this invariably makes me sad, I'm also enough of a realist to understand that most designers use Macs, and therefore they're generally locked into Apple's ecosystem. Were I a graphic designer, CompCC might be enough to convince me to buy an iPad, if I didn't already own one. As with most of Adobe's other mobile apps, CompCC is free. As with most of Adobe's other mobile apps, Comp CC isn't particularly useful unless it's linked with Adobe's desktop applications. One of the advantages of the Creative Cloud concept is that desktop applications can be updated immediately to take advantage of new capabilities, capabilities such as those provided by CompCC. Working on an iPad, a designer can use typefaces, brand-specific colors, And other assets to create work that can be sent directly to Illustrator, InDesign, and Photoshop for final production. iPad users will learn a series of drawing gestures that are really pretty clever. The application interprets these on the fly, so instead of needing to find a menu option to add a graphic box or a text box or a circle to a layout, the designer simply makes the appropriate gesture. And once the box or circle or whatever, is created. It can be resized and rotated. The designer can add text and graphics to a basic layout, then transfer the design to a desktop computer for finishing and production. Because CompCC is integrated with Typekit, users can view design concepts on mobile devices, including the typefaces that will be used in the final production. As Adobe Products Vice President Scott Belsky notes, doing creative work on a mobile device is only useful if the results can be synced to the desktop. That's where the project can be finalized using tools such as InDesign and Photoshop. Creative Cloud, by the way, now has approximately four million subscribers. Those of us who have been preaching the benefits of backup for years, or perhaps for decades, seem to have been somewhat successful in communicating the message that the data stored on computers has more value than the computers themselves. Acronis is a company that provides backup software. The company's released results of a survey that suggests opinions are evolving. The survey was relatively small, only 350 consumers, but more than half said that their personal data is more valuable than the devices that store the data. World Backup Day was Tuesday. I hope you perform backup more than once a year, though. After all, what's on your computer? Financial and health documents? Photos? Videos? Files from the office? Tax records? As we are approaching Tax Day, just how upset would you be if all of your tax information for the previous year suddenly vanished? or if all the photos you took in the past year suddenly vanished. The Acronis survey says that more than 75% of consumers store their data digitally, and more than 50% say their files have more value than their computers. But knowing something and doing something about it are two different things. Although they treasure their digital information, survey respondents said they do little to ensure that their files are safe. Less than half save copies of their data on an external device or in the cloud. So, a little quick math reveals that more than half of the respondents store data only on a computer. And of those using a data backup system, only one-third are protecting the entire computer system. The rest are simply protecting a certain number of files. Nearly half of the respondents value their data at over $1,000 dollars. But how can you put a value on photographs of an event that can never be repeated? Although the cost of reconstructing records can be assigned a value, some things simply cannot be replaced. World Backup Day is intended to educate and motivate the public on the importance of taking action to protect their most precious information that's stored digitally. As the survey indicates, consumers place high value on their personal data, but they aren't yet taking the proper steps to ensure that their information is secure. More information about the survey and the company's backup products are on the Acronis website. There's a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. In short circuits, let's start with an extremely brief Windows 10 update. Last week, I explained that the Windows 10 technical preview wasn't able to accurately detect the screen resolution of a notebook computer that I wanted to install it on. As a result, I restored the disk image from backup. With a newly released version from Microsoft, I tried again this week. As with last week's experience, installing from within a running instance of Windows, which should update the system in place, I was offered only options to save my data or save nothing. As with last week's experience, when I proceeded with the installation from within Windows, the process failed. As with last week's experience, I was able to boot to the installation CD and install Windows 10, but the installation incorrectly detected the computer's screen. Unlike last week's experience, though, A few minutes later, and before I could restore the disk image, an automatic update allowed Windows 10 to accurately detect the computer's screen. Windows 10 build 10,041 apparently had some significant problems, though, and it was quickly replaced within just a few days by version 10,049 in the fast channel. Well, surprise! Project Spartan has replaced Internet Explorer, or at least is stuck there beside it, So at least I'll finally have a chance to look at that up close. And the interface continues to flatten, thus proving just how cyclical everything really is. The original version of Windows, remember back in 1985, was flat. But Microsoft almost immediately began adding graphic hints that created an appearance of depth. Starting with Windows 8, the flatter design began to return, and the transition seems to be complete with Windows 10. There's an advantage to this, though. Instead of having to use valuable screen real estate to create depth, the developers have been able to make some parts of the interface just a little larger. Will that convince people to like it? Well, changes change. People are people, and therefore people will complain about change. Right now, I'm running Windows 10 on a computer that I use many times every day, although not for anything important. So in coming weeks, I'll have a lot more information about Microsoft's ongoing development progress. Whether you're an amateur photographer or a pro, Adobe Lightroom should be the starting point for your images, and depending on what you need to do to achieve your photographic vision, Lightroom might be all you need. For those times when you need pixel-level editing, and the ability to use layers for precise control, there's Photoshop. The current version of Photoshop is available only on the Creative Cloud, though, while Lightroom is still available with a perpetual license. Buying it that way can be a challenge, though. Before I explain the process used to buy Lightroom alone, consider Adobe's Creative Cloud program for photographers. For $10 a month, photographers have access to the latest version of Photoshop, Lightroom, and Lightroom Mobile for iPhone, iPad, and Android. Considering $10 a month is probably a lot less than you'd pay per month if you were using film... The Adobe Creative Cloud Photography Plan seems to be a good deal for just about anybody who likes to use a camera. But if you do want just Lightroom, which is an astonishingly powerful program even without the full version of Photoshop, well, then you either need to be a really good sleuth or you need to know the secret handshake. I have the secret handshake. Start at Adobe's website. You'll find a link on the TechFighter Worldwide website, and click the menu link at the top of the page. You'll then see many of the Adobe applications across the top of the linked page. One of the icons is for Lightroom, and you might be tempted to click right there. Ah, ah, don't do that. If you do, you'll be offered the Creative Cloud version. That's the $10 a month program that significantly expands Lightroom's already impressive capabilities by adding Photoshop. But if you really want just the perpetual license for Lightroom, scroll down. Keep going until you find a grey and white button labeled All Products" at the bottom. Click that. Now, clicking the left side won't make you grow smaller. Clicking the right side won't make you grow larger. But clicking anywhere on the button will take you to a list of products that you can buy. Scroll down to Adobe Lightroom and click the Buy link. If you have version 4 of Lightroom, you qualify for the upgrade price so you can leave upgrade selected. Otherwise, select Full. Select the language if you want something other than English, and then modify the quantity if you want more than one copy. Click the button to add Lightroom to your cart, and you're done. Now, there is no question that Adobe wants you to choose Creative Cloud, and that's what I'd recommend too. Lightroom by itself costs $150. That equates to 15 months of the Creative Cloud Photography plan, If or when Adobe releases Lightroom 6, you'll need to pay for the upgrade and you still won't have access to Photoshop. The Creative Cloud program keeps Lightroom and Photoshop up to date constantly, but the choice is up to you. And speaking of choices, be sure to check the website for spare parts, which is only on the website. TrueCrypt, rumored to be insecure, proves to be safe. An executive order from President Obama is intended to fight foreign cyber crooks. Yahoo and Microsoft have extended negotiations on their future. And we take a look at activity by high-tech CEOs in battling a law in Indiana. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blinn. Be sure to check out the website www.techbiter.com. And if you like, send me an email from there. See you next week.